Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. So this morning, if you've got your Bible with you, and hopefully you do, electronically or um, in scroll form or page form, um, can you please turn to the book of John and the 14th chapter and verse 6. Um, this morning, if you're taking notes, and hopefully some of you are, or all of you are, uh, I'm going to talk about changing the world one life at a time. Changing the world one life at a time. A number of years ago, um, they did a lot of surveys in church growth, and one of the surveys questions they actually asked was this question, what is the most popular verse about Jesus in the entire Bible? What is the most popular verse in the entire Bible about Jesus Christ? And a number of the surveys came up with this, this short scripture. It's well known, and it says this, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. It was a very explicit imperative. The only way you're going to get to the Father, the only way you're going to get to heaven is actually through me. There's no other way. And from the beginning of time, Satan's come along and he's tried to confuse and distort and twist. He's a liar. And he says, no, there's other ways. I want you to come my way. I want you to come my way. I want you to come my way. But the Lord is saying, no, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's only one way, and it's through me. And so this is the scripture, and it's the most uh, popular scripture about Jesus Christ we have today. People know about it. Uh, my background before I was pastoring was in uh, medical, and we had a lot of very powerful marketing um, that we had to promote our products. And it was cutting-edge products that we had. And in any industry, any commerce today, you normally find that there's like a trade pitch. There's a, there's a marketing logo. There's a, there's a statement that has got a bit of a punch that resonates that people start to know about. And so this is one of them. It's from Apple Computer, and it says, think different. And so when Apple launched itself onto the world scene, this was part of its pitch, and it said, think different. Last week, Pastor uh, Viv was talking about change. Well, I'm talking about changing one life at a time this week. But the thing is, if we're going to change the way we think, it's, we've got to think positive, and we've got to think differently. And as Christians, we have our minds, our lifestyles tweaked and changed totally. We have gone from a way of following our own desires to obviously a heavenly pattern. So there's been a mindset, a change of uh, uh, focus coming on. So that's what uh, uh, Apple's focus was, think differently. Here's another very popular um, statement by KFC. And the statement line, we all know it, says, finger licking good. I can remember when the first Kentucky Fried Chicken outlet in the whole of New Zealand opened up in Auckland, in Takapuna, just across the road, around the corner from where my mother-in-law lives. And, and now we've got Kentucky Fried Chickens everywhere globally. They've gone everywhere. But KFC, finger looking good. Here's another one by Energizer Battery. What does it do? It keeps on 
and, and. It keeps on going and going and going. It's a popular statement. And just like the scripture about Jesus, it's very well known. Um, and so we understand marketing is going to change the world. This is another one that comes up. Gillette. And it says, the best a man could get. It's, it's a statement. I'm actually thinking about changing this lovely lady's name from Chris to Gillette. You know why? Because it's the best a man can get. <laughs> I, I think I need a crunchy or two for that one. <laughs> she, 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 she deserves a whole box of crunchies. Um, Actually, I was in uh, California one year, I didn't mean to say this, but uh, we were with Bayless Connolly and a number of people. Uh, Brian Houston was there, and Brian Houston made a quip about uh, crunchies. And um, everyone said, what's a crunchy? And so Brian and, and I were talking, and he said, oh, the best thing you can have, any confectionery you can get, it's got to be the crunchy. So I sent a whole carton of crunchies across to Bayless Connolly, and he came back with a big card saying, thanks very much, best thing anyone can ever give me. Um, but yeah, that's a sidetrack. But the thing is, we've got to start to think differently if we're going to change the world. Uh, we've got to start to think differently if Jesus is going to start to rearrange our life. But when Apple started its uh, launch into the world, they just didn't have a word statement saying think differently. Their whole marketing strategy was totally radically different. They didn't want to go for glossy magazines. They didn't want to go for TV or radio um, uh, you know, sort of uh, advertising or anything like that. You know how they did it? It was through word of mouth. And what they did is they went into universities and pretty much universities and they told these young students about their product, how it was the best in the world, it could do all sorts of amazing things. And then they set their price right up high. A crazy, um, you know, elevated price. But what happened, it took the world by storm because people saw this product as a premium product and globally, it just went like an avalanche around the world, like a domino effect around the world, because they were wanting to think differently. They, they couldn't afford much marketing because all their product had gone into product research and development. And so they were thinking differently, and they were also telling the world, you've got to think differently. But as Christians, we've got to think differently all the time. We've got to think positively. We've got to think the way the lens of the, of the Word of God uh, comes to us. Apple was a successful company. Christianity is far more successful than Apple Computer will ever be. Last year, Apple Computer, they actually had a net profit of 53.3 billion US dollars. Phenomenal uh, profit uh, as far as a company was concerned. It's the same amount of profit as the whole of New Zealand's GDP was last year. That's how much profit this successful company had. Um, New Zealand is a successful country. We're actually listed number 10 on the whole global scenes as far as a vibrant trading GDP country is concerned, you know, as far as profitability and, and everything per capita. And so we see Apple was a successful product. But they continued to think differently. They didn't want to keep it the same. They were always thinking about repositioning themselves as the world was changing. And so they had to change. So they changed their, um, their marketing pitch. So it was no longer just think differently. It came up with this statement, changing the world one person at a time. And that was their global strategy. If we can change one person, if one person in the world can adopt our product progressively, one by one by one, we're going to be more successful as a company. So that was their pitch as a company. 
But I think as far as the Bible is concerned, we've got the best product still, and we've got to have this attitude as well, changing the world one person at a time. And so we can see what's happening through the Great Commission. That's what's been happening. You know, ever since Jesus walked this planet, the Great Commission has gone out to the nations of the world, and it's been changing people, cities, countries, one person at a time. Jesus is all about reaching out to the individual and changing people. He did it when, when he was in Israel. Peter, John, James, come on, come with me. Lazarus, Mary, Martha, come with me. That was 2,000 years ago, but he's still doing it the same. Sue, Chris, Melanie, Rahul, you know, I'm changing you. I'm changing you one person at a time. But the interesting thing is, he's not just changing us as individuals one person at a time. Collectively, he's changing us as well. Millions and millions of people are being conformed and changed and coming into a new understanding of who Jesus is and their lifestyles are changing. People are seeing it and people are wanting it and saying, hey, I want what that person's got. And it's like the domino effect. You know, just, hey, what you've got, I want. And the chain reaction will take place because people see what we've got in our own life. But it starts with, with people hearing and understanding what that word is. You know, every second in the world, two people become Christians. Statistically. That means that there's... 120 people per minute in the world becoming Christians, or 7,200 people per hour become Christians. 175,000 people a day have their names written into the Lamb's Book of Life. That's around about 1.2 billion people every week, or 64 billion, million people every year become Christians. One life at a time. One life at a time. It's a lot of people. Population of London... Eight times over is getting saved globally in the year, uh, each, each year. So you've got a city like London, if you, you know, multiply that population eightfold, that's how many people are becoming Christians every year. New York City, exactly the same, same sort of population. Eight times that population, that population base is coming as citizens of heaven every year because the Lord is saving them one person at a time, one person at a time. But we can become change agents, just like Jesus Christ was a change agent. Didn't keep things to himself. It was a change action that played itself forward. At the beginning of the year, Pastor James and I were talking about the domino effect of the gospel. You know, you set up all these dominoes and you push one and it's like... This domino effect will take place. And then I put up on the slides there, I haven't got it today, but I had all these matches lined up. And you light one match, and what happens? And we have this ongoing catalytic effect taking place because one life gets changed, and the influence can go in multiple directions. Each person in this arena this morning, in this auditorium, can become a change agent for God. People see your life, they want what you've got. Your life demands an explanation to the world around it. Uh, they should have the big question mark over your life so people want what you've actually got. There's been some amazing people in church history, you know, even in our lifetime. Um, Mother Teresa in India. Um, she, she was only four foot tall. 
She won the Nobel Prize for peace. You know, that was 13 years ago uh, she died. But thing is, she says this, you can't feed 100 people. If you can't feed 100 people, then just feed one. It will always start with one person. Uh, yeah, we've only got a limited capacities as human mortals to be able to influence people. But who is the, who is the next person that God is saying have a positive direct influence with? How do you engage that life? How do you spend some time just impacting that life? Mother Teresa had it all together as far as serving people. Can't help everyone, but let's just start with the right person. Age-old statement, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And it's like, you can't change the world overnight, but you can start to change individuals. And those individuals will make a dynamic domino effect um, if you do it well. A number of years ago, um, I met a young man, and uh, he just got married, and he'd had the first, uh, first son. A young guy up here, not the, the older guy on the left here, the guy on the right. His name is called Anki, Anki Ola. And um, he was uh, born on the island of uh, West Timor in Indonesia, and it was a fairly uh, traumatic place where he lived. But he got saved. He went to Bible college in Java, and God called him to go to uh, serve a man in Denpasar. And he was running the, uh, the leadership development program as a young man and training all these young church planters. And then the nudge of the Holy Spirit came and said, okay, Anki, I want you to go and start a new church by yourself. It's like, oh, I've got to leave the nest. This is going to be difficult. It's going to, going to demand a lot of change. I've got a young wife. I've got a young, uh, young baby. Now you're asking me to go off and start a new church. This is like impossible, Lord. You know, it's, it's comfortable what I'm doing. I've got good success, good position. And he said to me, he said, Phil, can you mentor me on this journey? And I said, sure. Um, we'll do life together. We can communicate emails and all that sort of stuff. And um, I'll be there for you. And so um, he said, where do I start? And I said, what? don't ask me, ask the Holy Spirit. So he started this church right in the heart of Denpasar on the island of Bali. And the church has grown. It had its uh, ups and downs. It had uh, uh, people come and people go. And the reason why people come and go is because people come to Bali for work or education from the islands of Indonesia. And so we've had people coming from, say, Sumbur Island um, to Bali. They come for education, for universities, because there's no other universities in some of these locations. There's no schooling. There's very poor schooling. And there's very limited work opportunities. So they come to Bali because of tourism, hopefully to get a job to make a whole lot of money. But the good thing is, people have come to Bali, they've come to this church, which was never there 12 years ago, 10 years ago, is there now. But people are getting saved. Each week, people are getting saved. One life at a time. Getting saved, getting saved. But the better thing is, they're actually getting discipled. They're growing in the faith, they're having their lives changed day by day, week by week, year by year. The sad thing is, when they've gone to university and they graduate, they don't stay in this church. They go back to their home island. And it's like, oh, great, we've got these people saved, hatch-matched, and now they're off again. Oh, this is tough. You know, we're trying to grow a church and they're disappearing. But the thing is, they've gone back to their home and they're making an influence where they are in their home island. Um, and so... Anki said to me uh, last March, he said, Phil, can you come with me to this island of Sumba? And I said, where is that? He said, it's only an hour and a half flight from Bali. Oh, I can manage that. A nice short flight. And he said, I'm getting all these requests. Can you come to this island? 
Not just one request, multiple requests. And so I said, sure, let's go like uh, Joshua and, and Caleb and spy out the land and, and take it in and start to process what was going on. And so um, just go back to the other slide there, uh, Ami, the back to the first one. No, back, back. Uh, sorry, the other way now. The other way, is it? Yeah, so this whole community. And so a little bit like New Zealand, where we go on to these uh, marais here in New Zealand. Um, and this, this island is very poor. It's run down. And so this particular community has got no power, no articulated water. Their running water is a stream about three kilometres away. It's a tough place to live. And so what happened, one of the girls had actually gone from this village to Bali for university. And so she got saved at the university, got discipled, and the requests were saying, can you come back home? Can you come back home? And she said, well, when I graduate, I will. I will come back at some stage. But when we went onto this, um, th there's the girl up there in the, in the red there. And so because she went back, people saw a change on her life. And they said, man, we want what you've got. Tell us about the change in your life. And so we went in, and the whole community, there's about 350 people there. Um, there's about 150 kids. We thought 150 kids, so we bought these little backpacks for schools to, to, to bless the kids. Ran out of backpacks, so we had to give stationery away. So there's about 250 young kids that had just turned up in this community. Because this young girl had gone from the village to Denpasar, she got saved, changed her lifestyle, educated, gone back, and now the whole of this village, Kapong, was basically saved because of this one girl. It's an amazing story. So we go on there, and it's like the Marae here in, in New Zealand, and they've got this uh, uh, song, this chant going on. The old ladies are going, ah, la, 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 and they've got all these young girls doing all this dance. And I thought, this is very much like our Marae, where the, the palfrey and they're welcoming people, and the, they've got a bit of a dance going on. And, and then they come up, and what they do is they stand up, Chris. They do this. They, they do the, they do the hongi. And, and I said, oh, this is just like home. I said, this is amazing. I said, it's so much easier for us. And they said, why? And I said, oh, we've got big noses. We can't miss. And they go, hee, hee, hee. And I said, the only other thing different is, on our place, I said, all your older ladies are going, la, 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 la. And I said, you know what we do at home? We do this. I said, you've got to put your tongue out, guys. You know, you've got to. I said, to make me feel at home, please put your tongues out. And they all went. And then they went, <laughs> they laughed. But the thing is, this community was open to the gospel. And they're saying, can you start a church here? Can you start a church here? So next slide here, you'll see this old man. He's not that old. He just looks old because he's been beaten up because of life. 14 children, four of them have died already. Three of them had gone from home to Bali for education. The eldest one was his daughter, got saved, came back. Whole village now is saved because of this, this, this young girl. That's change. The second daughter, the, the, the younger sibling, she went, she graduated the next year, she came back. She didn't stay in the same village. She got married and she went to live in another village three and a half kilometres away. You know what happened? Whole village is now saved. Changing a community, changing an island, changing a nation starts with one individual impacting the world of God, you know, through, through what God has done in their life. It's like play it forward. 
Um, we were asked to go to another place. Um, another young man five years ago had left Denpasar after being discipled and um, leaving university. 21 churches came together. I didn't know what was going to happen late in one afternoon. But 21 churches had been started because of this man five years ago coming back to that island. And it's like the gospel is so simple. And it's so easy. And you've just got to be real um, and just go with the flow with the Holy Spirit. thing is, that old man, he got saved. He got baptized. And we had the honor of baptizing him and his entire family one day. You know, um, We had this, uh, this youth camp for people, designed for youth, and all these adults and all these pastors were turning up. And it's like, it's supposed to be for the young people, but all, all these other people were gate-crashing. And um, this pastor came and said, Pastor Phil, you know, I've been wrestling with God for 13 years about water baptism. He said, can I be water baptized? And I said, sure. And he said, he said, can we do it now? And I said, sure, let's do it. And so we went off into the surf and we started to baptize him. And, and we, we pulled him out of the water and um, I looked behind me and there was this line of 28 people between the beach and where we were baptizing him. And they said, can we be baptized too? They all were lining up literally to be baptized. And so we we're baptizing all these people and they were saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, we've got to get going. It's like, well, we're baptized. No, we've got to get going. Why? Oh, there's another meeting. I think I preached about 20 times in three days. It was crazy. And so we go there and um, all this pressure was on us. And all these demonized people uh, there and uh, we're praying for these people, people getting touched by God. It was, it was amazing. But these communities were opening up. Amazing. I had this request from this man. Uh, next slide, I think. Um, right in the middle, next to the, the older fella, right in the middle there, um, there's a young guy. And he is the mayor of Sumba. And he represents a community of around about 375,000 people. Somehow he had heard that Anki and I were there and he said, can you come and pray for me? It's pretty tough with the schedule that was so tight, but we went and we prayed for him. But he got all his department leaders and the deputy mayor and said, can you pray for me as well? He said, I want what you guys have got. Can you help me? And he's got a Catholic background. He doesn't know much about the word of God. And there's a whole sermon about this guy another day. But the thing is, he said, I can't change my community by myself. We are poor. We don't have much government funding. We need schools. We need hospitalization. We need help. And he said, can you help us? Now, we can't help fully, but we can help by sending people. But it starts with individuals helping change the community. And so this community where we did this um, outreach for this children, um, immediately they're saying, can you start a church? And we said, no, you build a building. We're not going to build a church. You know, the church is people. But if you create a building, we'll help you. And they've got strategies to put libraries in and put water down and put uh, wells in for people. That's all part of caring for community. But it's wanting to change where people are at. Thing is, it starts with individuals. This principal of this uh, secondary school said, can you come to my place? He came two hours drive to where we were and said, can you come with me? It's like, we're so busy. We haven't had much sleep. Can you come with me? And so we went to this place here, two hours away. You know, middle of school holidays and 200 students come to a program to hear about Jesus Christ. Hungry to hear about the Word of God. And you can just see these kids just touched by the Spirit of God. Many of them were delivered. You know, demons coming out of people, getting saved. They don't have pastoral care behind them to help them to go to the next level. So we're desperate to have pastors to be able to help stand alongside these people. So we're going to 
try and get in there more regularly with uh, people to help coach and train and encourage, taking Richard Brunton in probably next August to do some work on deliverance and, and stuff. Um, but all these doors are opening up, but you can change the world one person at a time. One person at a time. In Russia, we've got Lenin's Palace, sorry. Actually, look at that. This is where the gospel is now already. You know, there's like people have become Christians one life at a time. The challenge now is for, is for this next uh, flick there. You'll see. No, did that not come out there? All right, you're gonna. My slides show basically a whole bunch of where Islam and Buddhism and um, tribalism and all these unreached people groups are at. The thing is, next slide there. You'll see Lenin's palace in Russia. This was was obviously the seat of communism in Russia. That building now is a church. You think Russia, communism, too hard to change the world? That now is a church full of people. This here is a church in, in south, southern England. Next slide. Um, the community, um, they've got like councils like we have here. They said it's impossible for us to change community. It's impossible. But you as a church, can you come now and help us? And they said, look, here is a whole building, a whole infrastructure. You've got an auditorium, offices and all that. You can use it for counselling, do what you want. It's yours to help change a community. How much is it going to cost? It's yours. Oh, okay. God is changing people. He's changing situations in people's lives. But we just have to be available. Once upon a time, um, a few years ago, I had a number of missionaries working overseas um, with, a, with a mission agency. And one of the uh, young men, older man, he went to the island of Madagascar. And he was a radio technician. And he was running radio programs and... But at the same time, people were getting saved. And they had this young guy who got saved, and he was desperate to take his faith to his people. And so one day, after lots of travel, the motorcycle travel, he ends up in this village. And it was hot, and there's this wailing going on, all this crying and all this commotion was going on. And he said, why all the, the noise and everything? He said, oh, the witch doctor, the senior paramount witch doctor of the whole region has just died. Okay, so all this confusion was there when he got there. What am I supposed to do, Lord? Just do what you normally do. So he got his guitar out and he said, Okay, guys, we can sing some, 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 we can sing some songs now. We're going to sing about Jesus. So he got his guitar and they did this and he led the people. And the Holy Spirit was saying, Tell him, tell that witch doctor to come back to life. Oh, that's a bit freaky. That's a little bit sort of outside the comfort zone. Singing songs, let's do another song, da-da-da-da, you know. And the Holy Spirit, tell that dead man to come back to life. Meanwhile, while that was going on, this witch doctor was in this place of incredible torment. And he was saying, God, how do I get out of this t place of incredible evil and hatred? How do I get saved? How, how do I get right? Is there any way for me to get back into my body and, and, and change uh, Meanwhile, this young man said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you come back to life in Jesus' name right now. That man stood up. And he said, crazy. He literally gone from one place of extreme to back in his body. And he said, how do I get saved? How do I get saved? And the young man said, that's a really good question, let me tell you. You've got to be saved through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Would you like to give your heart to the Lord? Oh, please, please, please. Literally within about two months, 15,000 people in that area had received the gospel.
Who was the agent of change? Yes, it was a young, an older British man, Walter Cox was his name, went to this island within his capacity to help people. Wasn't really smart, he was just a real practical sort of guy. The impact, the planet for these people get saved, young man. With what he had as a young faith, he had courage. He went out, did what he was told, sharing his faith, and just did as the Holy Spirit told him to do. This man, this paramount witch doctor, leading all his people the wrong direction all his life, realized, oops, wrong direction. Got to go on the right direction. You too can be a change agent. You know, the impact that you can have on people. Pastor James and Viv in Australia changing all those Aussies this week, you know, positively. You know, all those dingoes over there, you know. Is there any hope for Australia? Only the Lord knows. But we sent James and Viv out this week and they'll come back with incredibly good report. Thing is, one life at a time. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's lots of ways. Is this the way? Is that the way? What about the other way? Jesus said, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we've only got a limited time on this planet, and we can use our lives as catalysts, as change agents, to be able to help reposition young and old, the lost, our neighbours, our friends, our family. Some people will have their ears shut, but I tell you what, many people are having their ears open. They're having their hearts open. They're becoming more and more curious about the gospel because there's something attractive about it. And they know a little bit about it, but they don't know much about it at all. And so all these questions are going on. C.S. Lewis said this, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start right where you are and now change the end. You can't change the, you know, you just can't change the, history, uh, the, change the beginning at all. That's history. But you can start right now and you can start to change the end. That's what the gospel is all about, changing people's lives. Whole village in Sumba, not just one village, two villages. Not just two villages, 21 other locations immediately. Just because lay people have gone off with their faith and started to share what they've got with the world. My prayer as a church, or for the church, is that let us all be change agents. That's just one or two people. Start with what we've got. Start to take the message that we have and share it with people. Share what we've got. People are curious. You don't have to be in Bible college for 30 years. You don't have to have all this qualification. You can have all the, the letters in the alphabet after your name, but that's only killing the church by degree. You know, we've, got to, we've got to have to have an ear to the Spirit, be compliant, and as we do due diligence with that, we can see so much happening for so many people on so many fronts. Samuel and Susanna going to Fiji. Why? Holy Spirit's leading them. Change agents in the heart of a new city, in the heart of a nation. What's it going to be like in five or ten years' time? The play at Ford effect. When I was there um, earlier in the year, all these communities are open to them as ministries. They're open to the church, the influence that we have here in New Zealand. They're saying, can you come over? Can you come and help us? You know, what we've got, we can impart so much for them this morning. So this morning, just as we end, I don't know whether we've got any unsaved people here, but the challenge is always going to be giving your heart to the Lord. You know, um, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, today could be that day for you. Um, you can make all sorts of decisions on life. What car to buy, what food to eat, 
what job to take. But the best decision you can always ever make in life is giving your heart to Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible's about. That's what the gospel's about. That's what all the churches on this planet are about. Positioned to be a vessel to lead you to Jesus Christ so you can have eternal salvation. And I think this morning, just looking around the auditorium, we're all saved. But never let it be forgotten. That's what we're here for, to change the next life. One person at the next time. One person, one step by step at each time. We can help them get right with Jesus and have their names become part of that addition to the Lamb's Book of Life.